This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hi, this is Marina Sirtis, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. You're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, Trek FM's dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pru, sitting in the center chair this week, and joining me as always are my two co-hosts, both on my right. Uh, hey, Darren and Philip, I-, I gotta ask, you know, there's one prominent seat to the right of the center chair, and then there's like a dinky half seat, like Move way over, Philip, this <laughs> is my chair. Look, I'm saying... You were definitely the uh, McDuff in this relationship, Darren. Okay? But Daniel loves McDuff, so get out of the way. <laughs> like I, I will put my foot on your face if you don't get out of this chair. Look, I'll climb over the back of this chair, but I can't because there's a stupid arch right here. Look, either either way, whoever gets the closest chair is definitely going to be number one. I'm just going to say that. Well, uh, this week we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Um... I noticed with our character profiles, you know, it was it was interesting. We we get to touch on a lot in our character profiles, you know, and there are sometimes we have to gloss over things or move quickly through them. And one of the things I thought that we kind of had to sacrifice when we we're talking about s- specific individual characters is their uh, sometimes important, maybe not so important, but interesting relationships they have with the other characters. And I thought we could kind of maybe spend some time and talk about some character relationships. And I, I you know, we, we've, we're, we've been chugging along for 120 plus episodes at this point and, and show no signs of slowing down. So I figured, man, this is going to be an easy 10, 15, 20 <laughs> episodes for me to, you know, to come up with. So I, I'm, I'm teasing. But uh, so I thought we would start with the, uh, at least hierarchically, the most important relationship on the ship. And I thought we were gonna we'll spend this week talking about Picard and Riker. So let's let's think about this, guys. Right? I thought you were gonna do Livingston and Picard. You've you've surprised me once yes, again. Yes, I know, I know. Or Picard and Guinan. That that actually is a longer standing relationship. It right? goes beyond I mean, family, it's... beyond friendship, Daniel. I know they are Tumblr pals. <laughs> <That's how. laughs> is that what she meant when she said that? <laughs> she is totally totally reblogs everything. Picard. <laughs> Um, you know, so let's put ourselves, uh, you know, in our current universe, it's 1987. We have to create this new, uh, this new first officer captain relationship. Obviously this, the spa Kirk have stuff had become things of legend at that point. Right. And even if we put ourselves in, in universe, captain of the flagship, he, he needs a good number one. He's got to establish this relationship if you are, you know, not to give away final thoughts or anything, but Darren, when you think, do you have, I mean, you know, Kirk and Spock, that, that's, I keep coming back to that, but it's really hard to compare to that. But I mean, do you have strong feelings about the Picard-Riker relationship? I think it's a, it's a very good relationship that they develop 
you know, pretty quickly. Um, I know we'll get to Encounter at Farpoint, you know, fairly close, but it's a lot to be said with how you first introduce characters. And I think the way they introduced Picard and they introduced Riker meeting Picard, like they weren't just already on the bridge doing their thing. Instead, we're seeing their literal first time meeting and the fact that Picard chose Riker without even meeting him. You know, I mean, I, I've recently been through some interviews and I met like a million people and it took a long time. So apparently Riker's service record is so good, you know, on, not even on site. He could be hired without money in the 24th century <laughs> with uh, Picard. But no, I think it's a it's a great relationship and and it'll be interesting to talk about all the key points throughout their many, many years of friendship. What about you, Philip? Does the does the kind of friendship slash professional relationship they have uh, in the quasi military organization does that does that jive well with you? Does it? Uh, you heard it first. Daniel said it's a military organization. <laughs> no, quasi. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Darren edits it. Well, I I just like that it took us all the way until Pegasus until we found out why Picard swiped right, <laughs> and so that's uh, kept us in suspense. Um. Because I, I think it's a very like you like you said, uh, Daniel. Because I think you know Spock Kirk is very unique. I mean, because it, it is very much a friendship. I mean, Picard and Riker are are very close. I don't think they have that sort of uh, bromance is overused, but I'll say it bromance that Kirk and Spock have. You know, it's a little more of a generational difference. I mean, literally and figuratively, I suppose. Um, Next but, generational but differences. <laughs> exactly. Um, but but I think they do have that interesting you know the captain first officer relationship because you can compare it to everyone else you know the the kira cisco the to paul um sam beckett because that's silly <laughs> no um jonathan archer um and then you know uh chicote january that gets problematic um but anyway um and and so I, you how close does picard let Riker in as far as making the decisions as far as all that and i think it's very interesting from encounter it's not necessarily, you know, a close that it looks like it will be. It looks like Picard, you know, kind of extends the olive branch, but he tests him, right? Tests him first. And you kind of see throughout the series of how each other's personality mixes with the other's personality um, all the way to the end, which I'm sure we'll talk about. So, you know, because I, I think as a uh, that first officer relationship, it, it's very unique on how much Picard's going to give away his power, delegate his power to this other person. And, and that's kind of what we see throughout the whole series. You know, in my mind, I think I tend to look at things chronologically. Uh, and so I think of, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll, we'll talk about Encounter, and then we'll talk about, uh, you know, all of these different things that happen, and then we'll talk about Nemesis. But I'm actually going to kind of mix that up because I I think, well, you know, it's a 20-year-old show, 25-year-old show. We can we can talk about it in whatever order we want. But so so I want to kind of encapsulate the entire relationship and then talk about the directions that that, that it went, and uh, and and then then we can kind of move into the minutia of the little moments uh, and get into that stuff. But I, I want to focus on the the introduction. But we're gonna we're gonna go from obviously encounter all the way to nemesis. Now, is this introduction going to be a manual introduction? <laughs> is this no an automation? official introduction, Daniel? <laughs> It is, and and let's talk about this. Let's um, let's blow the doors open with how much of a dick. I mean, I don't know. 
maybe he's not, Philip. Maybe you can inform us on something. That, you know, that, that, but this is kind of a dick intro. I mean, this is the first we're really getting of Captain Picard, and this is like the official introduction of the commander of the ship, Riker. Like, the man walks in the room. And Picard doesn't even make eye contact with him. No handshake, nothing. He's just like, um, what? you know, go ahead and dock the ship. Which, by the way, for the commander would normally be a one-sentence command. Go ahead, uh, Lieutenant Commander, dock the ship. Uh, but then he says, no, no, no. You have to do it manually. And then just that's it. And then that's it. And then I'll give you some VCR tapes you, to watch afterwards. You are fully qualified, aren't <laughs> you? I mean, I, I, I get the idea that he's testing him. You know, maybe he wants to make sure he didn't make... Maybe there's like a... When he signed for Riker, there's like a 15-minute back guarantee that if Riker doesn't fulfill his needs, he can kind of return him for uh, like Commander McDuff or something. Uh, but it just comes across... It is kind of a dick move. Uh, and The uh, one commander per ship guarantee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it just, it, well, see, it, and I think that that is an interesting interesting aspect of Picard's personality because it's not a one-time thing. He does it continuously. Like your favorite episode, Daniel, Lower Decks and Sincito. He tests her. Remember? You don't belong in the ship. Why are you here? And sends her out, you know, almost tail between her legs, but then she comes back because Worf gives her a little mentoring session. So Picard tests people. And and, and I think that is an it's, it's a technique of leadership. <laughs> I, you know, it's not, not, whether it's good or ill, but you know, for people who want to say that Picard's all nice and stoic, but I mean, like you said, you know, he has a technique of how he tests people, and maybe that's how you get the best of the best. I don't know, but that's certainly Picard's, and, the, and we see it in Encounter, and we see it throughout the series. Well, and part of that could be, again, I mean, maybe this is looking into the character or into the actor, but you know, someone like Picard who. You know, it's kind of more at the tail end of his career. He's probably going to be an admiral soon. It kind of makes sense, though, that his style is, one, commanding the ship, but also he's also really there to help um, mentor and influence his command staff because he's got a ton of experience. You know, he's the head of the flagship of the fleet. So it, it kind of makes sense that even right off the bat, he's like, I'm going to start investing in Riker to eventually, you know, pull out the cabin chair. He won't freaking sit down. <laughs> I like that. All the chips on Riker. Invest in Riker. Riker's trading up. <laughs> and then Data's all like, three, 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 three. <laughs> the odds of this happening are... Uh, you know, well, you know, and, and it's interesting what we have to retcon, which is fine. I mean, you know, it's not like we just said he was genetically modified the whole time. <laughs> um, you know, in, in that in Pegasus... No, not even Best of Both Worlds... Um, Picard says, yes, it reminds me of a young lieutenant commander I recruited. Now, whether that's a, a misspeak or whatever, hey, it's on screen, so we got to deal with it. So, you know, that Riker, I guess, is was first Maybe officer he got lieutenant commander. Promoted. Yeah, the, you know, so he's a lieutenant commander. He's first officer of the hood because, you know, pff, Excelsior, you don't need to be commander for that thing. Um, there is no captain and, of the hood. It's just a commander. <laughs> hey, there right. was a commander and of so, a space station uh, in the tiny corner of the galaxy once, so who knows? And Chakotay was technically lieutenant commander. Look at those pips. <laughs> um, and so, you know, so he gets that third full commander thing. And But he's an up-and-comer, right? You know, Riker's, again, Riker's stock is going up. Invest in Riker. Um, and so, you know, because he gets that first captain. R Y K R on the stock exchange. You know, a lot of people invested without the beard. But really, you should have waited until... 
It like double that year. It was you. You want that stock to mature? Some would say season. That's a terrible thing to say about my portfolio. <laughs> That's a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing to say to a stock. Um, but you know, I actually do think it is kind of a dick introduction. Uh, I'm gonna place another caveat on it after this. But I mean, I, I just imagine this scenario, right? Like. Hum-de-dum-dum-dum, you're going to your new job, you get into the door, like you're still a little unsure, still a little nervous about what's going on, and your boss is like, yeah, oh, by the way, you know the hardest thing we have to do? You get to do it alone. Good luck. I mean, I get it. It is the flagship. It is the place where the most, you know, the best people have to be able to do their job. He hands him a sextant and he's like, chart a course to Vulcan <laughs> or something like that. He's like, oh, sir, you, that, that this won't work. <laughs> so I do actually think it is, he's kind of, he's kind of not the greatest, but, but whatever. Like Philip said, maybe it's his command style. And, and I never. Riker even, rose to the occasion. He did. I mean, it, it worked. And not. I mean, it's not like he told Riker to add a fourth shift, because that's the dick <laughs> Not only just, did Now the, you're talking crazy, Philip. Four shifts? Oh, my gosh. Not only did Riker rise to the occasion, but the, the next scene that they have together um, actually kind of makes that scene work for me. Because that's when Picard first opens up to him, and he's like, look, this is why I picked you, uh, and I also need you to know that I have issues, and you're here to fill those issues. Like... I, 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 you know, I hate kids and I hate, yeah. and they gave me a ship with families, dude, this has got to be your thing and you've got to take care of this for me. And the very it, first thing Riker does is establish Captain Picard. Captain <laughs> Picard. And it's like, but it, that's, I you know it was his idea. And you know, it's, saying. it's like, of course, it's so easy to look at these things in retrospect and like insert everything that we know about this relationship into it. But even, even initially, it just seems like a really good foundation for a relationship. So we kind of get to see where they were, went with that. Cause I mean, and, and once Riker gains that, that, uh, uh, respect from Picard, just from that, that little maneuver, um, you know, a Riker maneuver, if you will. Um, and, and we won't get that know, for a while, Philip, <laughs> but, but, but it's, it's like, you know, Picard saying like, you know, will, or, you know, Riker, cause it calls him Riker all season one, like, Riker. um, you know, Riker, like I'm an ass, but I'm letting you in a little bit about it, you know, cause he's saying like, yeah, you know, he literally says that, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm an ass around children, but it's your job to make me look good, right? <laughs> and, you know, but but it's that kind of dual of, like, I'm being an ass, but I'm also, like, letting you in. And Riker's like, you know, a little smile, like, yes, sir. You know, yes, yes. Um, and then that's when you get that whole, you know, welcome to the Enterprise, Commander Riker. You know, and so... It, welcome to this half of the Enterprise, Commander Riker. We, we have half a ship right now. <laughs> because, yeah, it, it starts that discussion, like, I'm not going to talk the way... This way to Counselor Troy or to Yar or to Data, you and I have a special thing. You know, I'm still going to be with a little bit with you, but not the. You don't get the hundred percent Picard. I, I'm now picturing even if Q hadn't even been in the equation, that Picard was just like, you know what? We're going to show up with half the ship. That'll totally mess with Riker. He'll be like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> And he's like, oh, we parked it by the moon. I was just messing yeah, with you. Just messing with you. <laughs> Speaking with messing with Riker, you brought up Q. It's a horrible episode, but let's talk about hide and Q. When um, 
you know, the, the end scene where Riker's bestowing his gifts. Right. And Picard, uh, and I forget how it starts. Picard's like, you know, oh, because Riker asked permission first. Picard's like, you know, yeah, yeah. Do, make do a what fool you want. yourself. Oh, I don't do care. what you want. Yeah. And then at the end, Riker's like, you he know, gets out his like iPhone, starts fool. recording. He's like, I got to get this. This is going to be <laughs> yeah, great. I know, no, no, no. Yeah. And Riker's like, oh, I feel like such a fool. And Picard's like, damn right, you should. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so, you know, it's one of those again, you know, I- I'll let you f- f- fail as much as you can. But, you know, I don't hate. Uh, uh, I, I, I was going to say spoiler word. That's not at all what I meant. It's not a spoiler at all. But uh, 25 years. This is a controversial <laughs> uh, opinion alert, I guess. I don't hate Hide and Q. Like, a lot of people hate Hide and Q. I think it's silly and campy. But if, if you're looking for an early Picard-Riker relationship episode, that is a fantastic one. Uh, I mean, the arguments that they have, uh, like... Oh my goodness! About saving a kid, saving a kid from from this disaster, and like Riker's like I could have done it, and but but who who would you have to thank for? Like it's good stuff. It's good solid stuff. And of course the comeuppance that Riker gets at the end, and then the kind of redemption. Anyways, not a bad episode. Not a bad episode at all. And Picard's like a kid died. Psh, I thought it was someone important. <laughs> uh, but so we get that. Okay, so we talked a little about encounter, and I'm gonna jump right ahead to Nemesis. And uh, to the very end, <laughs> you skipped a little there. Just a li- yeah, just, just one or two okay, things. Yeah. But we'll, you know what? We'll circle back around. Don't you worry about that. Um, Is this to pick up the saucer section? <laughs> only manually. But uh, so in Nemesis, we get to see this this culmination. I mean, we've been hearing about Riker turning down command for I think since a season long one. time. It's been <laughs> since the first season, right? I mean, maybe season two at the latest, but I'm pretty sure it was mentioned at least in season one. And uh, and so that scene, you know, the, the farewell Riker scene, it's a little truncated. It's a little short, but it's pretty good, right? I mean, that's the, that's the culmination. His, his speech is pretty touching. Yeah, it really is. And it's, it's I guess it speaks to the, the nature of the relationship, which is actually a whole other point I want to talk about. Because I don't classify, I don't think of Riker and Picard as friends. And I think maybe it's a generational thing, like Philip mentioned earlier, or what it is. But, but, but anyways, to get, from, to get from encounter, as in you have to dock the ship yourself manually to, you know, finest man, you know, all of this stuff. That, that is a really big arc. And it's not ever, I mean, there's two or three really big moments in their relationship. And we'll talk about them. But I think it's mostly done through smaller snippets, bits of bigger stories. Um, you know, kind of like maybe a natural relationship would happen. Like there are things happening around you and, and kind of progress. So I'm kind of going to leave this a little bit open here. But how do we get from Encounter to Nemesis? What I mean, what are the big things to you guys? Like what sticks out in your mind about this relationship that, that makes it at the very least interesting and and probably compelling i would say well i feel like riker both in a good and bad way is the only one picard can tell stories to because you know because like again that whole relation he doesn't have that relationship with the crew because it would be unprofessional but like he can tell like stories to riker about like you know like riker's like oh you know we're like that's so cool, Jean-Luc. Tell me about the time you beat up all the Nausicans. Well, well, funny story. <laughs> Let me tell you. You know, because, like, you know, who else is he going to... He can't share that, but Riker's interested, for one thing. 
Um, but like, you know, he, or maybe he just has to be to suck up to the boss either way. Um, you know, but it, it, it's kind of cool that they do have that, like, you know, and Riker has that wry smile, like, and you know, I wish I had known that Jean-Luc Picard, you know, um, but then just the little things of, of, you know, we've talked about it before that whole, uh, turbo lift scene with captain's holiday and, you know, Riker's, you know, you know, Jean-Luc's like, you know, you know, that's enough of that. He's like, yes, sir. So anyway, a bell rise, you know, and it's just, you know, who else has that relationship that can just start talking about the sex planet with Picard? Well, and another thing is, I mean, they both share the burden of command. I mean, I mean, there's other, you know, senior bridge officers, but it's really just Picard and Riker that are running the whole ship. I mean, we see a lot of this, you know, later in Deep Space Nine with kind of the Cisco Worf relationship as Worf starts to ment or as, as Cisco starts to mentor Worf in, you know, being a commander and being in command as he shifts back to the red shirt. But yeah, when it all comes down to it, and I know, you know, we'll touch on, you know, some big moments like best of both worlds and such where, you know, where they're pitted against each other in some ways. And that's when you really, I think, see a lot of great dynamics of the relationship. But when it all said and done, like, they know, you know, Picard knows that Riker will put the ship first if he needs to. And Riker knows that Picard will put the ship first, you know, if he needs to. Like, they both kind of have that unspoken priority sorted out from the from the get-go. You know, it, in the divorce, you know, I'll take the saucer, <laughs> you take the battle bridge, you know. Well, you know, he always thought he'd get a shot at that chair one day. <laughs> And so, and so, to make sure no one got a shot, he crashed it. On the, well, actually, he didn't crash it, but that's another story. Well, you know, now that I think about it, and maybe y'all will think of something, and I'll be totally wrong here, which is always possible. But I think this is Picard Riker is the only command or professional mentoring relationship in all of Star Trek. Because, like, I think, like, okay, you have a Janeway Seven, but that's more of like a humanity mentoring or even Picard data you know it's like a humanity how to be like a better person but I think Picard Riker is the only one where you can see I'm going to make you a better officer and a better person or not better like better career person is Picard and Riker that's the only one where like he's reaching out and you know I'm going to tell you you know tell you stories or like you know Riker will obviously give the different advice and Picard will be like no this is why and you can kind of see that bantering that's a bad word but you know discussion and they're learning and they're bouncing off each other I mean, to me, I can really see it between those two more than anyone else in all of Star Trek. Would you not say then that Worf Cisco had that in some aspects? A little bit. I mean, not a quite as all-encompassing, but I mean, mm-hmm. it once he kind of really shifts from, you know, the gold shirt to the red shirt, and especially and when he tells gets, Worf he'll never be in command again. Yeah, pr- <laughs> pretty much. Like, you know, yeah, we choose him out. <laughs> the only, yeah, the only... My issue with that would be it's just that they don't have the the, the time to devote to yeah. that one particular. So that it feels so spread out and disparate that it doesn't even feel like. And and of course, like like Philip's mentioning, there's that there's that episode that I I have super massive problems with when where you know Worf made a decision and and Cisco's like okay well you sit in the corner forever then, and it's like okay well the, the, I mean. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, I mean, I get what you're saying, Philip. It's just, uh, you know, it's an interesting kind of way they handled the relationship. I like the fact that Riker kind of 
does have this closer relationship with Picard than anybody else does. And uh, that's one of the things about about that this which makes it so interesting uh Riker does have issues sometimes with the uh with the orders that Picard issues but he doesn't ever air them publicly un- unless the you're counting the one or two times mutiny happens but uh but those are for good reasons because those are actually aliens taking over the captain and you can't really get mad at him for that but normally like he'll wait until Picard speak to you in your ready room can i speak to you privately sir you know that kind of thing uh so it is a very professional very respectful relationship um which i guess maybe you lose a tiny element of that once like very intimate friendship starts to happen and, and there's always sort of that formality of this relationship or informal anyway but like when like everyone leaves the room and it's just by card riker there's sort of like a different like you know level to the discussion now of like okay everyone's gone now let's which I mean, you can sometimes see that in like a Janeway Chakotay situation, um, or, or or some of the others as well. Um, but but it's sort of like okay, the real you know we, we're we're in the room where it happens right now, just the two of us. Um, we can make it if we try, just two of us, um, <laughs> you and I. Um, but but it, like I said, it, it is that sort of interesting of like you know Riker pushing sometimes, like you know, is this the right thing that we're doing? And Picard may be like, maybe it isn't, you know, but sort of like this intimate, obviously not in a romantic way, but sort of in a like, you know, we can express our doubts with each other. We may not be right, but we're going to go in this together, you know, both pretending like we know what's going on. We're both in command, but they, they don't have that peer. Picard, 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 when you're on top, you don't have any peers. There's no other captain to talk to. And so Riker is sort of his mini captain that he can at least open up a little bit. <laughs> hang on, hang on. <laughs> Oh man, I'm just thinking of Captain Picard walking under the bridge. <laughs> uh, everybody, meet Commander Riker. He's my mini me. <laughs> oh boy, I'm sorry. That was just funny because he was bald. Um, but no, okay. So let's. We've been kind of dancing around this, and the fact is, actually, a, a multitude of times we actually get to see Picard versus Riker. We'll we'll get to some of them, but. Really, I mean, the linchpin of their relationship, I mean, the linchpin of the whole show, really. Everything centers around best of both worlds. That's when everything happens. That's when everything changes. But, I mean, that story, at least part one, is a Riker story. But if you look at the whole story as one complete thing, it is a it is a Riker and Picard story. How is Riker going to handle the situation when Picard's not around? Can he literally kill his mentor his teacher his just for the good of the ship i mean this is a pretty heavy stuff both metaphorically and literally (laughs) how can he kill his mentor absolutely patricide can he throw that book away and write a new book (laughs) as and yeah and we get you know him mentored by guinan as picard is often mentored (laughs) but as uh their beyond friendship, beyond family relationship must be put aside for the uh, the good of the Federation. But yeah, no, that's a that's a good way to to look at best of both worlds. I mean, it's obviously a Picard focused, you know, episode, but it really is also, like you say, Daniel, focusing on that connection with Riker and you know, he's carrying it on the Enterprise. And with his decisions, with, you know, deciding to pull the trigger 
or not, you know, at the very end of the first installment and, and trying to, you know, realizing you might have to live with the consequences of that action. And so, yeah, no, it's a very well done, well acted two parter. I mean, some would say the best ever. So look at the, look at that cliffhanger, right? Where Picard, where Riker says fire. Uh, this is not the same. If you haven't heard it, just listen to the end of any of our episodes. Wait for it, wait for it. Fire. This is not the same tension that we get in. Um, you know, I'm not good with uh, uh, episode titles, listeners, so forgive me. The Kirk versus Spock. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Amok, Amok time. time. Thank you. <clears throat> um, like, that is tense for a specific reason. Obviously, because it's Kirk versus Spock. But, th- but the reason that fire is, is such a tense... There, I mean, there are a lot of reasons. It's such a tense, en- enthralling thing that's happening. I mean, of course, is Captain Picard going to die? Is a huge part of that. But another part of it is... Okay, does that mean Riker is now captain? Does he? Does it mean he just killed his captain? Did he just kill his mentor and now has to take charge of the ship? We don't know. Riker is as much... I mean, he, of course, the fire moment is his, but, I mean, he's as much a part of that suspense. That relationship is so central to that moment, so, you know, instrumental to that entire situation that, uh, I mean, really, we can't not talk about it when we're talking about this relationship, and it's... In a lot of ways, it's a turning point for 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 what they had before to what they have going forward. Riker did step up; he made the big decision, and uh, you know, and, and it's never an issue. It's it never becomes an issue afterwards that Picard walks up to Riker and is like, "So number one, you are about to kill me," you know, <laughs> like it's it's it because he yeah. understands that he, he was about to, like you mentioned, Darren, he was about to do the 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 good the. He goes to the uh, many over yes. the good of the one. Yeah. <laughs> he was about yeah. to do the uh the needs of the, the many. Needs. Yeah. Over the needs. Well, of the and some parts I often forget is this is also the same episode where in the beginning of the first part he's offered his own command again. Mm-hmm. He's offered the Melbourne and Picard gives him a talking to and he's like you're ready to take command, like you're ready to work without a net, reconsider your decision. And so, I mean, that didn't happen like a couple episodes ago. It happened like in this episode and that's fresh, you know, in his mind. And now he's like, Hmm, I could be captain of the enterprise now with one swift decision. <laughs> Better than that pesky Melbourne, um, which got destroyed. But... Good thing. He didn't say yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who cares about Jennifer Cisco? I know. Cisco? I know when, <laughs> what is it? When, uh, we Shel- can't just leave her. When Shelby's all like the Melbourne, you could see Riker in the background just being like, <sighs> dodge that torpedo. <laughs> Told you guys. Don't second guess. Me. By the way, um, Shelby could- and Melbourne, two references in the same episode. Sorry. Anyways, go ahead, Felt. Well, I was just going to say that, it, that it's sometimes when, when you're watching Riker, especially in like the, the earlier seasons, um, it's always interesting because sometimes he can be the first one to be like, hey, we should just fire phasers or we should just, you know, do something. Seems a little Kirkish or, or you know, or at least cartoon Kirkish. 
you know, not very Picard, maybe not as restrained. But then you, I often wonder, well, is that just because he's the first officer? Like, it's always like, you know, where you, uh, where you stand is depends on where you sit is kind of, is an axiom. Um, and so like, you know, would Riker make that same suggestion or thought if he was the captain? You know, sometimes first officer can be the chief, but that's your job to give alternatives to the captain. And so, best of both worlds, it's like, well, Riker's not first officer anymore. He can't just give suggestions. He's giving the command. Right, um, he can't so start that, spitballing and be like, "Well, what if we fired a torpedo?" Firing torpedo, sir. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm spitballing. Oh, you shot the torpedo. I'm just playing Falcar's. He's spit, he's spit torpedoing at that point. I would say. Yeah. So Feklar, Feklar. Feklar. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, because we get, we literally get Captain Riker in part two. Um, mm-hmm. Those four pips that he keeps throughout the entire... <laughs> no, no, O'Brien keeps them in his little case. Oh, you're right. Okay. He's like, Mr. O'Brien, will you please dispose of this extra pip now? And he's just like, certainly, sir. My precious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there should have been that awkward part at the end of Best of Both Worlds where someone says, like, you know, like, you know, yes, Captain. And they're both like, yes. Oh, wait, am I? Well, are you? Wait, how's this work? <laughs> but you know what? Well, I mean, there's a smaller episode where he's also captain. I mean, it's I know it's only basically a scene, but in parallels, we see isn't that the one where we see like um alternate yeah. beard, super beard, uh Riker, you know, <laughs> homeless or basic Riker. Yeah, or he's <laughs> like, We won't go back. You know, he's just and I, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be like the Borg. Yep, you know they lose Picard and the Borg are everywhere, and and he just has no time to shave apparently. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, it's he he makes some poor decisions. Let's just say, but so you know, talking about best of both worlds, I mean, this idea of Picard versus Riker is something that we've had had actually already explored a couple of times, and it's a theme that's kind of throughout. I mean, it, it kind of ties in with the theme with, like, Picard pushing Riker. Like, hey, dude, I mean, I can get I can get three McDuffs in here in, like, a <laughs> half an hour, man. If you get a good, gi- a, a, gig, a good gig, you can go take it because this is ridiculous. The um, Enterprise will be perfectly fine without you, number one. It's like, <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, no, honestly, uh, actually, I did mean, I mean to mention this before, but that... That was the return of Captain Douchebag right there. Like, and but you know, like Philip mentioned, I guess that's just his command style. I guess that's how he pushes Riker or whoever to be better. He just he's just like, listen, Data, you need more characters. You know, you need to dress up as a woman. And maybe he's like, you know, to Riker, you know, you just Riker. I understand. You need to get off the ship. You need. <laughs> But I get that that chair is really comfortable, man. I get it. I, I get it. But uh, and your and your ex, oh, Jordy. I think he needs someone to be his bestest friend ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ordering you, wink. <laughs> but your monthly I'm reviews coming up, and I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but anyways, so this this theme of Picard versus Riker, not the first. We kind of mentioned Hyde and Q, which doesn't necessarily have that strong of that theme, but it does have that kind of element because essentially Picard's uh, powerless to stop Riker and what he wants to do. But probably, probably the most, the second most famous Riker versus Picard scenario is in 
one of the best episodes of Star Trek in general, which is uh, A Measure of Man. Shades of Grey. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and this is a, this is a, again, this is where uh, we get to see their different kind of, we get to see their different styles of leadership. We get to see kind of how their personalities interact in an interesting way. And it's early on enough where you, you know to root for both of these characters. And, and you know, kind of, you kind of want Riker to lose, of course, but the moment that, that, that it changes, like that Riker has that realization. You're like, yeah, you, you realize you're rooting for the wrong side. And I don't know. It's just, it's a really powerful episode in every way, but um, we revisit this theme over and over again of, of, of Riker versus Picard. We get it in, Measure of a Man, we get it in peak performance, best of both worlds. I mean, we get it all over the place. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, I'd say, you know, first on Measure of a Man, I mean, that's part of the brilliance of that episode is that they made Riker the the prosecuting counsel. I mean, if it had just been, you know, Commander Maddox, like, we don't care. We don't, we already don't like you. You know, you're, you don't get invited to the goodbye party. Worf kicks you out, you know, but by placing Riker in that role, you know, we're like, okay, well, he's got to do his job. And, you know, he, he needs the, the terms and the stakes have been spelled out, but we also don't want him to win. So, and, but I'll let, I'll let Philip touch on that and then we'll talk about peak performance because I want to talk about that too. No, I was just going to go into peak performance. Ooh. I mean, because I was, I was just, I was just a sucker. I was just going to say that, like, to me, peak performance is it just encapsulate the whole relationship because Picard and Riker are downright giddy yeah. to fight each other. <laughs> Riker's like rubbing his hands. Hey, Riker, I guess I'll see you on the ship. And Riker's just like beaming, like, all right, I'll see you, John Luke. Bing, bing, bing. And then, like, and then not only are they so jazzed to fight each other. <laughs> Then Picard, of course, defends Riker to, you know, um, <laughs> troll face. Um, you know, the Zach Dorn. Yeah. Um, of like, you know, no. You don't remember the this name, but you remember who- the species. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's, he's uh, Zach, the Zach Dorn. So don't worry about that. <laughs> Zach, the Zach Dorn. <laughs> But I mean, you know, he's you know, like, no. Riker is the most capable, you know. Captain I'm just going to surrender right now. How could I even possibly <laughs> take on Commander Riker in the USS Wannabe Hood? Um, yeah, because Picard's like, you know, not only is I mean, this is kind of what I get from it. Riker was kind of already good, but I've kind of been mentoring him because I'm kind of awesome. So he's now, so now he's even better. Best. I leveled him up at least two <laughs> levels. Oh, hang on. Are you telling me that Picard power leveled Riker <laughs> until he be? Yeah, Riker evolved. Haven't you oh. seen the Riker Pokemon? It's beardless. <laughs> then the next one. But don't let it go out of control because if it goes super beard, that you've gone too far. That's and he starts starts to get a little wider. Actually, but we won't. Uh, for, uh, you know, this isn't stretching too far into Pokemon canon, but, uh, (laughs) Bulbasaur actually is the perfect, uh, analog to Riker's evolution, right? Uh, Speardasaur. (laughs) (laughs) Riker is evolving. Use warp drive. What? (laughs) He does it up. But and, and I think oh. in, in oh, hang on, I just gotta say I love no. You gain Riker maneuver <laughs> after he, he gets to the third level. He uses Riker he, maneuver. <laughs> oh man, I love and uh, uh, saxophone attack. Please send in any of your trombone, Pokemon Star trombone, Trek crossovers. That's awesome. 
Oh boy. Uh, Aaron Harvey, get on it. We need a <laughs> we need a sketch. But yeah, in in peak performance though, that that's a great example of Riker's style because he's literally in command of that ship. I mean, you know, I we almost I'm almost picturing now the uh, the B fleet. We have the what was this what was that ship in peak performance? The um oh Hathaway. That's a good question. I want to say Hathaway. I'll go with it. Hathaway, Hathaway sure. Um, and then the you have the Sutherland with Data, and you know so now we can make up this alternate ship. It is the Hathaway. Is, is Jordy have the does Jordy have the Genolin with Scotty? Oh, the Genoland, yeah. 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 By the there way, the the it's an eighty year old starship, the Hathaway. Yes, yep. Because mm-hmm. it was um it was a constellation class. Yeah. It was, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. By the way, can we talk about, you know, I get mad sometimes when I think about or watch that episode because I'm like, Riker totally cheated. I mean, he totally cheated because Uh, they did in the rules. It didn't say he couldn't cheat. (laughs) Wesley, technically. Well, but Riker uh, kind of gave him permission to cheat. But but then I think about it and I'm like, oh, you're going to put the flagship up against this tiny dinky. It's Held together by pulverize du- it. space duct tape ship. Yeah, okay. I think Riker did the right thing at that point. I'm sorry. Was was the Kirk was the Kirk metaphor not enough for you about Kobayashi Maru? <laughs> yeah. All the self stealing stem bolts in the world won't hold this ship together. <laughs> like Riker just eating an apple as he's you know attacking the Enterprise. And he's like, pew, pew, awesome. pew, with be- his pointer fingers. <laughs> That would be awesome. Oh, man. And you know what? It would actually make a little more sense than in in the classic 2009 scenario because Wesley could easily reprogram the Kobayashi Maru even above. I'm now considering uh, Starfleet Academy. They're like, okay, the Kobayashi Maru, it's been around. Like, let's update it. Let's do this new scenario. Flagship galaxy class versus (laughs) Sutherland stripped down. If you can win at that, you're like a level one character (laughs) against (laughs) against the end boss. This is called the Hathaway Massacre, and uh, let's (laughs) see what happens here. And then during it, the Ferengi show up, just like in real life, and just totally mess it up. All I see is like the Zach Dorn is like. You will experience fear. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in that scenario, the Picard maneuver is him falling asleep and still winning. He wakes up. Oh, I've won. Oh, yes. Well, that's right. Because I'm on a galaxy class starship. <laughs> and, and like your level one. So by a like, thousand people <laughs> to do my bidding. They actually like give you high level characters just to push you up. Like, okay, I got a, I got a level 10 Jordy. I'm going to get you. <laughs> a level 10 uh, Jordy. Here's like a level 15 Crusher. Um, what else and a okay. maxed out DPS Wesley Crusher that's going to, you know. You know that famous scene? I think it's in uh, Okana, I think, but it, it might be something else where they're like, oh, sir. That's outrageous. He, he's, he's, uh, he's arming his lasers. And they're like, lasers. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I guess you can put up the shields. I guess you could. <laughs> Maybe our defensive screens, you know, the kind that keep, you know, stray asteroids from <laughs> impacting the ship. Hey, number one, uh, why don't you call Mars Defense Perimeter right now and see if they can give us a hand. Hey, Mars, guess what? <laughs> they're shooting at us with the... Oh, oh, there's no one there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm terribly, terribly sorry. Oh, but no, that is cool because I mean, Riker assembles his team. Because Worf is actually his first officer, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. 
Um, and this and this is you know early days. And he rips the uh, optical conduit. He's like, here, feed this. And now, if anyone's ever terminated conduit, it's a pain in the butt. And he just basically handed him like a bunch of hair. And I'm like, that. Sh- come on, Worf, work with these people. So we've talked, you know, all right, well, that, that's, that's peak performance, which we spent more time on than Measure of a Man, surprisingly to me. Uh, just, <laughs> but no, that's good. That's good stuff because it does have a lot of themes that, you know. It, it, He's the best. It, it does. It, this kind of dichotomy of Riker is this. I don't want to say he's a prodigy because that that's all for Wesley. Wesley gets the prodigy status, but Riker is con- we're constantly told that Riker is this amazing command presence. Like he can, he, he's rising through the ranks faster than anybody has. Right. But he's still kind of, I know Jordy's kind of got him beat on that, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least in the first two seasons and then he stops yeah. completely, you know, well, it, to me, it's it's very interesting, and I, it goes without saying, but I'll still say it, because Picard and Riker are very different people, very different command styles, very different. Um, Picard is, you know, very the distance of the crew. I'm going to be authority figure. The diplomat. And Riker's just like, I'm one of the pals. I'm the cool dad. You know, um, I'll play my, my anyone want to hear me play my musical instrument, guys? I'll be in your garage band. Cool, guys. Is that look like that? That ensign looks like I mean, she needs a date. In best you of know. both worlds, he had the trombone in the ready room, but we know if he had could have had his way, he would have put it right on the bridge. He's like <laughs> he's talking with a Romulan diplomat. He just casually walks over. He just plays a couple of bars, continues on the negotiation. But but it's also interesting because to me, you do see that seasoning of Riker. Like, That's a he's terrible thing ladies. to say about him, Philip. You know, fun guy, and but you see in four and five and six, he starts to have that gravitas. You know, he's that that young guy in season one, two, and three, but he starts to be a little more Picard-like as the seasons go by. That mean tapestry is a is a dream by Riker, where you know he talks to a lieutenant junior grade Picard, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, I just don't really see command in your future, uh, Mister Pickard." <laughs> so there's a, there's a you were just talking, and there's that that famous meme uh, of Steve Buscemi in Thirty Rock, and you might not know the this scene, but you've probably seen the image at least a little bit of <laughs> him carrying a skateboard in a high school, and he's got his backwards cap. How do you do, fellow kids? And that's all, <laughs> and that's all I was thinking about when you were talking there. Uh, you know, he's trying to fit in with the younger crowd, but. Um, no, there, there, there are a lot of these episodes that kind of deal with a similar theme. But I, I, so what about, let's talk about, like Philip mentioned earlier, Pegasus. Because Pegasus is... Pegasus? Pegasus Wait, sorry, no. Pegasus yeah, is mind. kind of important to uh, their... Rel- I mean, again, without really pushing for it. Pegasus, one of the most important Picard Riker relationship episodes. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's the end of the Star Trek TV franchise. It really, it really is. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't care if tertiary characters like trip die during this episode. I mean, who cares? It's more about what happens between Picard and Riker. So, um, but no, but this actually does, 
it places an interesting backdrop to the Riker character that we hadn't given before. This is honestly, I look at this episode as one of the best examples of retconning that I can think of. Like, it does kind of fill in gaps that we knew, but it doesn't change anything. And it doesn't necessarily, we don't have to readjust our thinking. It just kind of fits really, really well. And maybe it's hindsight because I don't have to fill in those gaps, I guess. But to me, it works perfectly as an episode, as a backdrop to Riker that we learn later on. Then he has this honest conflict between two men that he respects. I mean, he respects Picard and he he respects... uh, Pressman. Ish. Press. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say he respects <laughs> yeah. Ish. And Pressman. And I mean, let's be fair, right? Picard is in the same mindset with Pressman in Pegasus that he is with Picard in All Good Things. It's the same kind of like, well, this guy is asking me to do these things that I know I probably shouldn't do, but I will do them for him because I'm loyal and because I have respect for this man. And that's... Well, his problem is he's sitting behind that desk too long. <laughs> but it shows a tremendous amount of character, I guess is my point. Yeah, I mean, and, and when you really think about it, because, you know, if we want to retcon it, and I don't mind it. I mean, it's not like, you know, he's the son of a prophet or something. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you think about, like, why did Picard, you know, this stodgy, this authoritarian Picard, why did he choose Riker? Because Riker disobeyed orders because he believed in something. You know, he refused to let his captain beam down on the hood, you know, for Altair 3. Um, and, and that card's like, that's the guy I want. The one who's going to stand up to me. Because I know my personality. And I want someone who will stand up to, the, to that. Um, which is going to take a, a, a personality of their own. So, I mean, I, I do love that scene with him and Pressman because Pressman's like, oh, well, I, I like baby face Riker because he, he followed orders because that's what an officer does. And Picard's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting in these episodes where we see Riker interacting with other authority figures because, like you said, Daniel, I think it shows a lot that, not conflict, that's not the right, but, but the um, comparison you know, to the Picard Riker relationship. I also think of like chain of command where, I mean, man, the way he acts under Jellico is completely different from Picard. And Jellico is kind of like a jerk to him in his first meeting as well, but yet he doesn't, you know, take it in stride. Instead, he's just like, Oh, this is the way we're always just freaking four shifts. You know, he's really unhappy, but, uh, but yeah, I think all the times we see, Riker interacting with other authority figures, it more shows just how he's a great compliment to Picard. I mean, he could, you know, he could be his own captain. He could be a commander on a, another starship, but really he, as Picard says in his farewell toast, you know, he's, you know, his right hand and really is there for him and compliments him in a lot of the, you know, in the best way, in the best Starfleet tradition. I mean, that they are, if I think about it, the best of, of what would I say, like the, of both worlds? <laughs> That's, That's great. That's perfect, Philip. Well, you know, you, br- you, I, you bring up a great point, Darren, and Chain of Command, while I do think that 
Riker is really harsh on Jellico, and I think a little too much, honestly. But it's interesting to me that it's written in a way like Picard immediately demands Riker's respect. I mean, from the get-go, he is a, he's a jerk to him. He makes him do these unnecessary things just to prove himself. But Riker doesn't give... I mean, it's not like Riker went into his quarters and was like, I refuse to be first officer, like he does in Chain of Command for Picard. He doesn't do that. You know, it's, it's like Picard kind of commanded his respect from the get-go. And, you know... Well, and it took... Uh, it's been a while since I've watched Chain of Command, but don't doesn't he eventually realize, like, hey, Picard isn't here anymore. We need to set the example of what Picard would have expected us to do in this situation. And how he kind of takes it eventually, like when he kind of more starts to act like a decent human being. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he, I mean, he really acts like the first officer role of where he's hearing the complaints from Jordy and from right. the rest of the crew that Jellico's writing his heart. He's like, hey, you know, so he kind of is acting that go between, between the captain and the crew. Yeah. And I don't think he, I mean, I think, and I'm trying to remember, <laughs> I think he tries to basically tell him to, hey, do, do what he says, but, you know, allows him to release a little steam, but then. Goes to Jellico and tries to be the voice of the crew as the first officer. And then kind of like his I job. don't care. That's your problem. <laughs> I don't like it's his job. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, just one final thing, I think, before we head into final thoughts. Um, I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite Picard Riker moments were. And I'll go first and give you guys time to think. And I'm going to mention two, but both of the two that I'm going to mention have already been mentioned. So I'm not going to steal yours. Okay. And if yours are repeats, that's fine. You can just say that. Um, but uh, my second favorite Picard Riker moment is the Horgon. I love, love, love it so much. I mean, like, oh man, Jonathan Frakes has the best, oh, what would you, uh, Shellyak eating grin of all of the characters in Star Trek, and it's like, like you know that I mean you don't really know what it is at the time if you're watching the the episode straight through, but like he's playing a prank on Picard, and nobody else can do that. Nobody else gets to do that, and Riker knows he gets away with it, and he knows he's the only one that gets away with it. And it's so beautiful. It's actually kind of the same moment that he has. Uh, with Captain Picard Day, but I'm not stealing that moment. If you have that moment, that's fine. You can talk about that. <clears throat> uh, my favorite moment by far, though, and it's one of my favorite moments in Star Trek, and we've mentioned this, is is the the closing scene to the D. Is when, uh, at the end of Generations, when they're they're rummaging through, even though I don't think Picard would necessarily throw his super important <laughs> space artifacts, you know, onto the ground, um, and Ensign would be by later to pick it up. They, I mean, they we probably all know would. this, but, but they probably would. And <laughs> you know, and 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 there's that little exchange. And I know some people have problems with this exchange, but I don't at all. I really liked it. I think it's very, it's quite beautiful. When Riker says, "You know, I always thought I'd get a crack at this chair," and he he wants to. I feel like that moment is so important because he wants to follow Picard. He wants Picard has laid out this example for him, man, to follow in the footsteps of Captain Picard and command the Enterprise. He could not think 
of a more honorable position. He could not think of a more, uh, a bigger respect to give to his mentor. And of course, Picard. Well, there are plenty of ships left in the alphabet. So when I'm done, I have I, I will give it to you. And it's 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 just a really nice kind of perfect summation of their relationship. And I, man, I mean, generations. If generations existed only for that moment, it would be worth it. And honestly, it's one of it's the most beautiful moment. One of the most beautiful moments in TNG for me. But. Poor, poor Riker. He is the Prince Charles of first officers. He's like, one day, one day, if I wait long enough. Well, basically, I mean, and Picard's rough on his Enterprises, too. I mean, it, what if he had given the Enterprise to him right after Nemesis? I mean, he just crashed it into the Scimitar. <laughs> I mean, he had no, you know, qualm with He's like, ah, it'll buff I'm out. Done. Riker will be fine. You, know. <laughs> you wanted it. It's yours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The warranty's a little expired, but you know it'll be okay. <laughs> what about you, Philip? A favorite favorite moment or moments you can you have the floor? Well, uh, we are we've already talked about a lot, so I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but but just the little ones where it's a reverse of what you just talked about of Picard pulling a prank on Riker, and it's going to steal it from Darren's favorite episode, Gambit. I was just thinking that. At the end, when, when you know, uh, I forget, like, Stata, Riker, and, and Picard, and, like, something like where, uh, you know, Data's like, oh, I guess you're going to go on the bridge, and Picard's like, well, like, I, I'm dead, so I guess I'll be in my quarters, and uh, <laughs> Riker, technically, you're a fugitive, so, uh, Mr. Data, I guess you should take him into uh, custody, uh, you, you know, and then Picard walks away, and Riker's like, haha, that Jean-Luc, always kidding, where are you taking me, Data, where are you taking me? <laughs> Data, he was kidding. Data, you you realize that, right? Data, uh, yes, sir. Please come with me, sir. Yeah, no, that is a great. That's a great moment. Uh, what about you, Darren? Yeah, I was, you know, just now thinking of some moments in in Gambit because that's again another. I'm surprised we hadn't mentioned it. I had, had been thinking of it, but you know, you get a lot of them over on the other ship as they're trying to work together, but you know. Picard gets to punch him a couple times. He's like, oh, you know, so-and-so walked in. Backhand you, get out of my face, you know. But, yeah, I think... Gosh, there's, yeah, there's so many good moments. I think, again, one one favorite moment, like we've mentioned before, it just has to be that measure of a man moment where, his, you know, his face falls and he's got to do his job and i mean Riker doesn't have the best uh time in the courtroom later on as we see with uh when he's on trial so uh <laughs> but yeah it's you know but he does his job and he's actually he's a really good first officer he really is and you know he comp like we said he compliments picard well but you know i don't see him playing dixon hill with you know, Picard on the holodeck, you know, it's not, he's like you said in the very beginning of this episode, Daniel, you know, they're not, they're friends. They have a friendship, but it's a working friendship. You know? I don't know. They, they do go to jazz clubs and ogle ladies. <laughs> okay. That, that is true. Although uh, Picard wants to leave that way before uh, it gets yeah. to the weird level. So, uh... <laughs> and he walks and look what he gets, you know, his whole ship's been, <laughs> His whole ship's well, been taken over. I mean, gosh. 
Well, it's there's a moment we've mentioned before, but but I you know because we're we're mentioning positive ones, I actually want to give a negative one, and that's in Pegasus, where mm. there's the Picard Riker and Picard. You know, as there's always that Picard scene where Picard knows what's going on, like first duty or whatever, and the guy walks into the trap, and Picard knows something's going on. You know, yeah. Will I've gone through so many favors to get this one report, um, and you know, so tell me what's going on, and you know, I can't. Well. You know, he's an Admiral Will. I'm a captain. I'll just have to trust that you have the crew's, you know, trust. And if you don't, I'll have to reevaluate the command <laughs> team, you know, dismissed. And he, yeah, that that scene is, it's because he's just laying into him, but he's like killing him with kindness. And yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's a great scene. It's a tense scene and it's it's important because it shows the stakes of... I mean, like it shows the stakes. Like we've never. I mean, even in best of both worlds, if Riker had to kill Picard, it was to save the galaxy, right? Picard is like basically like, dude, if you pick your old commanding officer over me, I'm gonna have to fire you. <laughs> I mean, like you can't <laughs> do this. Like it's very personal. It's extremely personal, and. You understand both sides of the argument. You understand that Picard is like, dude, I can't keep the ship safe if I don't know what's going on. And Riker's like, hey, this guy was my Picard before Picard was. He's my BP. I, I you know, I don't. Well, not not BP. That's wait, wait, about. so wait, wait, hold on. Now is Preston BB eight? It's or is he pre Picard? <laughs> no, wait, pre Picard, that would be his PP. No, that, that doesn't quite. That doesn't quite work. Well, it, it reminds me of a later speech Picard gives to Data um, after Data's been on the Sutherland where he's like the, what was it, the the phrase or the defense, I was just following orders, had been has been used too many times to justify, you know, you know, many bad things in our history. And he's kind of given the same speech to Riker in that moment in in the Pegasus where he's like, you know, I'm trusting you to do what's right, just he's an admiral, uh, you're a captain, like, I have to do what he says, like, at the end of the day, you have to make the right decision. And he eventually does, but, you know, he should have sooner. Look, that holodeck program was really long, Darren. I mean, you really have to run the whole thing before it really gets to you. You know, it's just interesting. It's like, a lot of Picard and Riker's relationship, they exist in a lot of ways, they're, they're the best I can say about their relationship is that it's a very complementary relationship. You know, they're very independent characters. They do their own things by themselves, but they they are better than the sum of their parts in almost every situation. You know, because and I don't want to dismiss it because there's nothing wrong with that. But popular these days is bromance. You know. You know, two men relationship, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that's fine. And it's a lot, but th- it's much mature what they have. It's much more and professional because I don't want to take away that the, that there is intimacy. And again, I don't mean it romantically, obviously, but there's an intimacy with them. But it's not bromance. We're like bros. No, it's 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 we're 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 men. We're professional. It's we're, the we're, respect whatever. is the cornerstone yeah. of their relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that could be overstated. Really, honestly, it it is that. Uh, this this does you know we we jab we poke we have fun, but at the end of the day, guess what? I'll shoot you in the face if you want to destroy the entire Mars defense perimeter. 
I'm going to let it happen. I would go with at the end of the day, I trust you to do the right thing. <laughs> but, you know. But 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 I'm going to get Daniel stenciled on a pillow. <laughs> uh, you know, this this conversation has been really enlightening. It's been a, a lot of different perspectives. I've been I've really appreciated it. Um I know we're we're running a little long, so I'm just going to give you guys uh uh Darren go first. Anything final you have to say? If not, we can skip it, but but Anything final that we didn't get to talk about or didn't get to say about Picard and Riker? Just, uh, you know, there's a lot of standoffs that they actually have when you really think about it. I mean, you have peak performance, you have uh, best of both worlds. You also have, um, is it heart of glory? What is the, the one where he's on the Klingon ship? Mm-hmm. Yep. I, th- I, I can't quite remember the title, but you know, Many times he's sitting on the bridge of another ship de- demanding Picard surrender. But, you know, at the end of it, it's it's almost like Picard's, you know, slowly taking his training wheels off or training the cells, as it were. <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, he just does a really good job molding Riker into, you know, an amazing officer. And Picard knows from the very beginning that he's going to make a great captain. You know, he just eventually won't sit down. But uh, you know, but it's interesting. I, I almost kind of wish, I mean, the Titan series is, is great and all, but you know, I almost kind of wish like you were saying, Philip, that Riker got the chance to give that highest honor to Picard of taking over the, the, the enterprise, because in, in his mind, like that is the ultimate fulfillment of his, you know, his goal is to, to, to have that role that his, you know, his captain had before him but you know that's not the way it went uh, in the prime universe but we'll see what about you philip uh i mean yeah it, i think it just comes not comes down to but but i think it like you mentioned daniel it's it's that's sort of not too much not too little maybe we could have gotten a little bit more but the the nemesis of you know all it takes at the end is you know jean-luc saying captain to Riker. And that's that's just that's just finally it that he's finally earned it. He kind of earned it long ago, probably, but that he finally earned it, and it and it really makes it. Yeah, I mean, at that point, he had, you know, he had earned it in the eyes of his of his crewmates. He had earned it more, and most importantly, in the in the eyes of his captain. And uh, I, you know, I think we didn't get to talk about it, but there are a couple of times we get to see alternate future slash history slash present of a Riker. Shut up. I said, <laughs> shut up, John Luke. I'm future and perfect. Um, you know, taking command and, uh, but in, uh, in almost every scenario where we get to see Riker, Captain Riker, um, I mean, that man would do anything for, uh, captain picard and and you know say what you will but i think that kind of sums up the relationship you'll never know that you're my captain <laughs> and you every- are the war filled beneath my nacelles <laughs> all right now he's breaking down <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well believe it or not bald versus beard is not the only thing we're talking about on trek fm this week so here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network previously on trek.fm standard orbit it would be a lot of fun to be able to mst3k 
an episode like <laughs> Arena, which who doesn't love poking fun at a rock throwing Gorn? I mean, come on, you know. Can you find a rudimentary lathe? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I wrote that on the Babel conference today because Guy Fliegman from Galaxy Quest is the greatest character ever. Earl Grey. This 547 meter long, 32 deck, 502 uh, 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 crew uh, uh. member. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. The orb. He requested, you know, a Bajoran officer to serve with him yeah. on purpose, you know. He understands. You make this their own. We can't. I'm glad just... he did it on purpose. I could see him like accidentally requesting a Batorian officer. <laughs> oh man, I, I checked the wrong box on the form. Damn. <laughs> to the journey, Benjamin and Kira. They would never yeah. touch like that. No, that just would be really unnatural and weird for them. But for Jamie and Chicote, it's very natural. It's very comfortable. It's like slipping into a warm bath and hopefully Q's not in it. Commentary, Trek Stars. I just finished a book on Audible that was recommended to me by some other people here on the network. Yeah. It's called uh, Weapon of a Jedi. They steered you right, Mike. Mm, nope. The 602 Club. And it's literally like the first page after the introduction and it says, hey, here's the three factions, the New Republic... They don't want to commit to a full-scale war with the uh, First Order, so they allow and back Princess Leia to create the Resistance. And I'm like, oh, okay. That makes total sense. Like, it took me t- one minute to read. Women at Warp. She's the communications officer first. She can be Spock's girlfriend second. So how do you think people would respond if you said... Describe who Carol Marcus is after seeing this movie. Uh, she looks nice in her bra. Meta Trex. I looked it up and ornare is the Latin word for to adorn. That's fascinating. So I looked up breca and it turns out the same spelling, B-R-E-K-K-A, is Old Norse for slope or hillside. And that, listeners, is something you will only get right here on Meta Trex. Better living through etymology. <laughs> And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to Trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trekfm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trek.fm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek.fm. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek.fm. 
By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Darren. Um, I heard that Canada is cl- close to California. So, I mean, you kind of, are, I mean, you kind of know Riker. I mean, you're kind of from the same place, right? Oh, wait, uh, is that? I thought he was from Alaska. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, but uh, anyways, <laughs> how would people get a hold of you uh, if they wanted to talk Riker Picard with you? Well, if they want to talk about his actual birthplace, they can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. All right, Philip. And if you are ready to, uh, you know, pull the trigger on the host of this show right now, how would people get a hold of you? Um, well, if folks finally want to see um, a more seasoned person in the captain's <laughs> chair, they can find me on Twitter at NC Public Servant. That's NC... Or no longer commander, but captain. <laughs> and if people wanted to get a hold of me, uh, they could find me on Twitter. They could find me on Twitter at OneUpDan, and that is the number one, not the word for. I'm always one rank ahead of these yokels here. You're my number one host. <laughs> Which, hurry, by the way, hurry. we didn't mention the, that as a Picard Riker moment. Oh my gosh, that's true. We did mention it. The, we didn't. The Frankies are gonna figure it out. Uh, he's my number one dad. Uh, they're gonna figure it out. No, they're not. They're not. They're, <laughs> they're Frankie. It Just was. It was brought up early on in the podcast, but we didn't mention it as well. But anyways, all right, guys, this is, I guess, kind of sad. Let's head off into the sunset in two separate starships. Engage. Engage. Right, so.